Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today is our group learning program where we come together to do meditation. Today we're doing guided loving kindness meditation. And when we come together like this, we're here to encourage, support, and motivate each other in our meditation practice. And coming together as a community can help us do that because throughout the week, we're doing two to three meditation sessions per day, or at least building up to that. And doing this on your own is what you really need to do to actively train the mind. But coming together as a community can be really helpful, again, to encourage, support, and motivate each other in our meditation practice. So along that theme of uh, encouraging and supporting people, I would like to support Miranda in becoming more and more of a teacher and helping her to develop the ability to teach. So today I asked her if she would like to teach class. So she's going to actually be guiding us in loving kindness meditation today. So I'll just turn things over to Miranda so that she can guide us in our meditation. Thank you, Teacher David. Hello, everyone. Um, to go over why we are doing loving kindness meditation, this cultivates loving kindness and compassion for all beings, and it also helps to eliminate any ill will, feelings of frustration, annoyance, irritation, any lesser versions of those towards any and all beings, whether that be other people, animals, those you have not talked to for a long time in your life or those that you have dealings with on a daily basis. So why don't we jump into meditation here? You can take one of three positions for loving kindness meditation, either seated, standing, or lying. Usually when we are in class, we are meditating in a seated position, but if you need to do standing or lying, those are fine too. And then just close the eyes. Begin focusing on the breath, breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Breath is the present moment. And this is what we are focusing on. Any thoughts that may enter the mind, just cut them off and let them go and refocus on the breath. You have nothing to do, 
You have nowhere to go. No one needs you right now. This is your time. Focusing on the breath, focusing on the present moment.
Moving the mind now into loving kindness meditation. Repeat these affirmations in the mind on the next out breath. May I be safe. May I be well. May I be peaceful. May I be free from discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May we be safe.
may we be well. May we be peaceful. May we be free from discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May my family be safe.
may they be well. May they be peaceful. May they be free from discontentedness and suffering it causes. May those who have been friendly with me be well.
may they be safe. May they be peaceful. May they be free from discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May neighbors and those living around me be safe.
May they be well. May they be peaceful. May they be free from discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May the co-workers or associates be safe.
May they be well. May they be peaceful. May they be free from discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May those who have been unfriendly to me be safe. May they be well.
May they be peaceful. May they be free from discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all beings living to the north of me be safe. May they be well. May they be peaceful. May they be free from discontentedness and the suffering it causes.
May all beings living to the east of me be safe. May they be well. May they be peaceful. May they be free from discontentedness and suffering causes. May all beings living to the south of me be safe. May they be well.
May they be peaceful. May they be free from discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all beings living to the west of me be safe. May they be well. May they be peaceful. May all beings in this world or in others be safe.
May they be well. May they be peaceful. May they be free from discontentedness and the suffering it causes. Now feel free to move the mind back into breathing mindfulness meditation. Focusing on the breath and clearing out any thoughts that may come to the mind, cutting them off and letting them go.
to you because we have some unexpected visitors sure all right thank you miranda appreciate you leading us in meditation so now that you guys are gradually coming out of meditation i would just like to remind you guys with uh, loving kindness meditation this is to transform your mind away from anger hatred ill will and all those lesser versions as well Loving-kindness meditation is also really helpful to eliminate any negative self-talk in the mind. If you have that negative self-talk, that kind of diminishing and degrading talk towards this being who you are now, loving-kindness meditation can help you transform that. But remember, all this training that you're doing is part of the Eightfold Path. It's gradual training, gradual practice to experience gradual progress. So there's not like a you know, switch that you're just snapping your fingers and immediately you have loving kindness for this being who you are now and others as well. But instead, there's this gradual wearing away of that anger, hatred, ill will, which then helps to eliminate the aggressiveness, the bitterness, the hostility. And that breathing mindfulness meditation that you're doing at the beginning and at the end is helping to eliminate craving, desire, attachment, which also 
when that's going down will help to eliminate anger as well because that's the cause of the anger. So what we'll do with the rest of our class is just open up to any questions that you guys might have. You can put those into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom. In, in Zoom, you can raise your hand electronically and ask any questions or follow-up questions directly. So I'll just see what questions you guys might have. Looks like there's a question here on Facebook from Tonka. Her question is, does it matter how long the gap between two affirmations is when I meditate gaps are much shorter? So the gap between the affirmations is up to you. Some people like to do it really slow with these longer gaps so that you can really focus on cultivating the loving kindness for each individual group or rings of individuals and really kind of putting effort into doing that. And then for other people, you might make it kind of a little bit shorter. For me, I usually do it as one breath cycle. So, you know, I breathe in and then on the out breath, I'll say the affirmation and then I'll slowly get to the end of that affirmation, slowly breathe in. And then on that next breath, then do the next affirmation. But there are some times where I take two breaths. That way it kind of gives me more time between affirmations in order to really develop the loving kindness for that particular individual or group that I'm focusing on in the meditation. So that was Tonka's question in Facebook. I'm not seeing any questions in YouTube right now. Uh, no, there don't appear to be any questions on YouTube or anymore on Facebook. Um, I do have a question, sir. When we are doing loving kindness meditation and we're focusing on a particular person, if feelings of irritation or annoyance do start to arise in the mind, what is the best practice there, sir? Same thing like in daily life is cut that off and let it go. You know, just keep going in your meditation. You know, this might sound odd to hear me say this, but it's actually wonderful if the mind is aware of the irritation or anger that's arising in the mind. It's wonderful if the mind's aware of that because that's mindfulness. Where we've gotten ourselves into trouble in the past before we're on this path is all these feelings and all these things are happening to us and we don't know why. And we're just bombarded by all this stuff. And next thing we know, we're, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes into an argument. People are yelling and hollering. There may even be things throwing, you know, depending on how hostile your arguments have gotten in the past. And we're just completely out of control. You know, that's what we experienced in the past. So if somebody's been able to get to a point where they're aware that the anger has arisen or the frustration or what have you, this is mindfulness and this is really helpful because at least now the mind's aware of it. Now it's like, okay, well now what do I do with it once I realize it's arisen? Well, you cut it off and let it go. And then you try to get closer and closer to observing the anger arising, not as feelings in the mind, but as just bodily sensations that heat or those sharp pains or whatever it is that you particularly get as an individual in terms of bodily sensations before anger arises, you would like to kind of back it up where your mind can become so aware of the anger arising that those bodily sensations are observed in the mind and you can cut it off and let it go there before it ever becomes feelings in the mind. So there's this gradual progression towards that 
And, you know, as I mentioned, when we're completely off the path and have no idea what even causes anger or, you know, that it's even in the mind, then we get to this point where, okay, we're aware that the anger is in the mind. Okay, we have the feelings. We see it. We observe it. Yeah, we don't like it, but we don't have the discipline yet to cut it off. But at least we're aware of it. You know, you keep practicing, keep practicing, keep learning, keep growing. Now you get not only aware that the anger is there as feelings, but then you can cut it off as feelings. Okay, great. Now keep practicing, practicing, practicing. Now we get aware of the bodily sensations, but we can't quite cut it off yet. Now it becomes feelings in the mind. Okay, we keep practicing, practicing weeks and months. Okay, now we get aware of the bodily sensations of the anger and we can cut it off there. Okay, we do that for a long time. Then eventually you get to the point where there's no bodily sensations associated with anything that's occurring because you've eliminated all the craving, desire, attachments that's arising. The bodily sensations are arising, the anger, arising, the discontentedness. And this is where the mind is getting liberated because in the past, this one situation, the mind was out of control, couldn't handle the situation, had no idea what was going on. And now through this gradual progression, you've gotten to a point where you've cut it off and cut it off earlier and earlier and earlier to the point where that exact same thing happens and there's just no anger whatsoever, no feelings, no bodily sensations. Just like, huh, okay, wow, that feels different. I haven't experienced that before. Wow, that feels nice. I would like to do that some more. <laughs> so it's this gradual progression and you just keep cutting it off and cutting it off and letting it go. This is different than repressing the feelings. When people hear me share that, you know, cut off and let go, sometimes they think that you're repressing the feelings. I would just be pushing it down and burying it. That's not what we're interested in. We're interested in cutting it off and letting it go and kind of clearing it out so that it no longer is subject to future arising. Yes, thank you, sir. You're welcome. During the meditation though, should we, would it be wise to then maybe focus on that person for a few rounds of these affirmations over and over, or should we just move on to the next ring in our meditation? You can do what you described, like if you are doing loving kindness meditation and you're realizing anger is arising, you can do that person or that group of people multiple times until you get a handle on this anger. Or you could observe that, wow, it's really intense. Let me move on to the next one. So everybody has to make their own call there. But what you can also do is you can circle back, right? So like if it was kind of one of your earlier rings that arose some anger, now you moved on to some other rings and then you're like, okay, let me circle back and go back to that person or that group of people and see how my mind's affected now. So each individual will make choices like that on their own and then you just see what's working in the present moment. Yes, thank you, sir. You're welcome. Uh, I see that Tony has his hand raised. Let's go to him for his question, sir. Thank you, Miranda. Yes, sir. I've, I've uh, got something going on with my shoulder. I've got a, a pinched nerve or something uh, that's that's flares up and flares down, and flares up and flares down. So when I'm sitting, I'm I'm having a lot. Uh, it sort of comes and goes with discomfort. Should I try to sit through that and and uh, endure the discomfort, or or what do you suggest, sir? 
If I was feeling discomfort in the body that couldn't be remedied by just shifting the body in that particular position, I would change positions like do lying or standing, which makes it hard when you're in your car, but in another location, when you're meditating, you can change positions. And one of the things I noticed about lying position is all the muscles are completely unengaged and this can be really helpful. And then you might say, well, you know, I kind of have trouble falling asleep when I'm lying. And this is where you do a combination of things, right? You're like, sometimes you might do lying meditation. Sometimes you might do walking. Sometimes you might do standing. Sometimes you might do seated. So you kind of move around from position to position. But there shouldn't ever be a time where you just kind of grin and bear the pain because the pain is there telling you something's wrong. It's better to lie down. And that tends to take away any kind of physical discomfort in the body for certain things like what you're mentioning. Okay. And, and, and sitting, if, if you can move, your, move my arm or whatever, and it goes away, and then that's, that's okay, though, just uh, as, as long as you can move, it's not a problem to move, sir. Yeah, you don't have to stay completely fixed and rigid in your meditation position. If you notice that you can kind of move your shoulder around or you can adjust the arm and that makes it more comfortable, then yeah, you can do that. Don't feel like you have to strike a pose and just stay there the whole time throughout your meditation. If at any time your hip or your knee or your ankle or anything is feeling any pain, you can adjust that. And if you can get comfortable in that position, wonderful. If not, just change your position and see if you can get comfortable in that position. Thank you, sir. Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. That actually brings to mind a question related to that um, positions for meditation. I was asked a question a few months ago, and the mind's been kind of circling back to this question. For lying meditation, is this possible to be done while lying on the stomach instead of on the back? So, I've never done it lying on the stomach. I've never tried it that way. I've always done it lying on the back face up. So I can't really say. I think the breath is better when you're face up because you're not compressing the torso, you know, the rib cage and, and the sternum. Probably helps with a more natural breath. That would just be my, my thoughts. But if there was a situation where seated wasn't working, lying on the back isn't working, standing isn't working, walking isn't working, if those four aren't working and you know, you can figure out a way to, to lie face down and it's working, then you go for it, right? Like I'm thinking about somebody who's maybe disabled and maybe for one reason or another, maybe there's an injury where they can't lay on their back and maybe they're in a hospital bed where there's maybe support on the shoulders and their chest is open. It doesn't mean you can't do it that way. It just means that you're looking for how can I put the body in a position where it's comfortable, not luxurious, not painful, but comfortable. And these are the four positions that we use, the seated, the lying on the back, the standing, the walking, those are the four. But if for some reason, none of those four were working and you still need to find a way to meditate, you can always you know, lie on the side, lie on the, the stomach, try other things. Because the important thing is, is that the body is comfortable. And then that's going to give you access to the mind to start training the mind. The training of the mind is what's most important. The body just needs to be in a position where it's comfortable and it can essentially rest there without any pain and without being luxurious. And as long as the body can rest, 
and you can get your breath going, that's what's really important because the real work is happening in the mind. Yes, thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. It does not appear that we have any other questions this time, sir. All right. Well, I would like to thank Miranda for offering to teach or at least uh, saying yes, she would like to teach. Of course, you didn't have to teach. I was just offering. thought that maybe it would be a good opportunity for you to, to teach. This is great because at one time, you know, you were so shy to even be on Zoom. And now with me just right before class, five minutes before class saying, hey, would you like to teach? And you're like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Right. So you've put in work to overcome that part of the shyness. And, you know, that's part of the practice is rather than walk away or run away from the struggles, you know, walking towards it and confronting it, putting the mind in situations that it would otherwise be uncomfortable and training it to be comfortable. This is something that we can all learn about our practice is not just in teaching, but if there's anything in your life that you're uncomfortable with, then it's really wise to put the mind in that situation so it is comfortable. Aside from things that are physically damaging or things where like there's abuse, you know, physically, mentally or something like this, or if there is illegal things going on or something like this. But if you're, say, have a certain friend or a certain neighbor that your mind is uncomfortable around, putting yourself in that situation can actually be helpful to train the mind to be peaceful and content. Or if you normally go bowling every Saturday, and if you didn't go bowling, you wouldn't feel comfortable because it's something that your mind craves and it really wants. Well, sometimes don't go bowling and train the mind that it can be okay without it. So in situations where you see that the mind is uncomfortable with various things, it's really wise to put the mind in those situations so that you can train the mind to be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy in any and all situations. An enlightened being isn't going to feel discomfort in any situation. They're going to be able to move about the world and go into various situations and be completely peaceful and joyful no matter what the situation is. So this is a perfect example of that. And if you have any situations like that in your life that you realize that it would be uncomfortable if you spent time with your mom for an hour or two, or if you didn't spend time with your mom for an hour or two, you would feel uncomfortable. Or if you didn't see your mom every week or every month, or if you didn't call your son or your daughter every week or every month, then where you see that and you know that the mind would be uncomfortable in that situation, it's good to introduce that impermanence so that the mind can then get comfortable with it. This is part of the training. So I recently put a post in Facebook where I shared that getting to enlightenment is much more than just meditation. Yes, there's meditation and we need to do meditation and that's working on those poisons that we talk about, craving and anger. Breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation are working on eliminating those. But also, there's all this other work that you're doing as well, where you see you're having challenges with right speech, you're addressing that. Or if you see you're having challenges associating with one particular person or another, you're working on that. Or if you see that your mind is longing and yearning to have a certain type of food or to meditate in a certain spot or always have one thing or another, then you're always trying to introduce things in order to train the mind to be comfortable with that. Like today on the way home from Bailan 
picking him up at school in Thailand at some of the stoplights they sell food and there's this one light that they sell donuts and by line we'll typically get some donuts if we get that stoplight and they come through and they're selling donuts and sometimes I will get them too and I will share them with him and then today when he got donuts I could tell he wasn't quite interested in sharing them with me so I asked him I said you know can I have a bite and then he's like, uh, you know, he's kind of reluctantly interested in giving me a bite. So I take a, a certain size bite and then I chew on that. And then he's eating some more. And then I'm like, I would like another bite. And then, you know, I take a bigger bite and he's kind of a little bit reluctant. So I see that his mind's not quite comfortable sharing these donuts. So now that I know that whenever he buys donuts, I'll start asking him regularly, you know, can I have a bite? Asking him for a bite. And then I'll keep doing that repeatedly until he gets to the point where he's just completely willing to share his donuts freely without any discomfort whatsoever. So I'm observing that about his mind and then making sure he's able to confront that. But you can observe these things about your own mind as well, that if you know that you would feel uncomfortable in certain situations, like maybe sharing, then be sure to share and practice generosity. That's what you're working to break through because there's kind of like this wall and you may feel like you're very reluctant to share and you kind of have to break through that. Or maybe with somebody in your community, you feel annoyed or irritated with them and you kind of feel like, oh, there's like this wall between you and them. You have to really step forward and break through that rather than walk the other way and avoid this person because that's not solving the problem. Instead, walk forward and say, hi, Barbara, it's nice to meet you. It's or nice to see you today. Or hi, Susie, how are you doing today? I really like that dress you're wearing. That looks so nice on you, right? Even if this person is very disgruntled and so forth, if you make the effort to break through this is helping your mind because it's your practice. So feel free to put your mind in situations where it would otherwise feel uncomfortable and then train it to be comfortable in that situation. So this Sunday, we're going to be doing chapter 21 in the group learning program on Sunday at 9 p.m. Thai time. That chapter is titled Do No Harm. What is the future of our planet? And you can read that chapter in this book, Developing a Life Practice, The Path That Leads to Enlightenment, Volume 1, before and or after class. And then we'll have a group discussion about this particular chapter. And then next week on Wednesday, we'll be doing breathing mindfulness meditation together. And we'll see who's going to teach. Maybe Miranda, maybe me, maybe somebody else. Who knows? So thank you all for joining for today's class. We'll see you in one of our future classes. Have a very lovely and wonderful rest of your day. Sawadee Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.